0: Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast, conversations for transformation. Hello, everybody. This is Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for Life Over Coffee. I want to share with you an interview that I had with Mark Grant. It was about six years ago. We were traveling through New Jersey, and we stopped at his home Mark Grant came to our ministry around 2010, and he was our first Mastermind student. After he finished our program, well, it was a few years later I did this interview with him, and I thought it would be great for some of you to hear his experience through our training. Again, Mark was our first student and our first graduate. Mark is an engineer, and he plotted his way through our course and finished it in 15 months, which is rather fast. is not the norm typically it takes 2 to 3 years for a person to finish our mastermind training but again mark did do it in 15 months but other than that there's a lot of information here that will benefit you we do like for our students to listen to this interview because it gives them a good perspective on what to expect as they go through the program now if you're interested in our mastermind training i would encourage you to listen to uh, mark's responses to my questions and just his experience through the program, and it will help you to make a decision. I think it's important to know that we teach people how to do discipleship. I know most people come to us, and uh, they have biblical counseling in view, and biblical counseling is a fine descriptor for what we do, but discipleship is more comprehensive, and also discipleship training, it fits every Christian's responsibility. And so when I talk about becoming a biblical counselor, often times people will disqualify themselves, and they say that, well, I can't do that, I don't believe I have that ability, and that's one of the reasons I don't like using the term biblical counseling. Again, I prefer discipleship because it more accurately not only applies to all of us, but it is what we do. We teach people how to do the work of discipleship according uh, to how God has gifted them, and so you could say that Mark is a biblical counselor but he is a disciple maker. And if you want to grow in your disciple making skills, then I highly encourage you to consider our all online training program as we cover theology and sanctification and application. And Mark explains some of those things as you listen to this interview. Now, afterward, if you have any more questions, we have an LMS, it's a learning management system. It's a free resource that walks through our mastermind program and so you can gain a ton of information and then if this interview and the LMS doesn't answer all of your questions well we are here for you Uh, we would love to reach out and connect with you if you're interested in our training and so just let us know so this is uh, about six years ago I did this interview in 2016 I think here is Mark Grant talking about our program how are you doing today Mark I'm doing fine, Rick. Thank you. All right, so Mark, let's let's talk about this two-year self-paced long-distance education discipleship equipping counseling program that you. Said. How did you hear about our ministry?
1: Well, at the time, I was uh, in a going to a small a, a church I had just launched a counseling ministry, and there was a woman named there that uh, named Marilyn Harris, who was always a great resource for. Material And she had, uh, we we had counseled together. We had tried to look to encourage and spur each other on in counseling. And she sent me your uh, website link one time and said, this is, you know, look at Rick's site. It's got pretty good, uh, a lot of good resources. Through exploring that, uh, your site is when I saw the distance education option. And at the time I was, uh, we were kind of struggling with the counseling ministry. I was kind of realizing that although I'd been to a lot of um, conferences I really wasn't as equipped as I should have been so I was really kind of desiring a mentor to kind of help guide me through and kind of I, I had a passion for counseling
0: but I didn't know if I really had the gift for counseling so so your your aim was to become a formalized counselor is that correct
1: I would say to find out, that was I, if things went well, I, I thought that would be like the end point that I would basically be equipped as a counselor. But another part of me was to really kind of know if I, it seemed like at the time when I would be doing counseling, it seemed like more sanctification was taking place on my side of the, the table rather than the opposite side. So I wanted to get to a position where I was equipped, where I could really help people rather than just trying to uh, learn about myself through Counseling others, I guess.
0: Now, now that you're entirely sanctified, is it <laughs> <laughs> is it better for you uh, counseling the people on the other side of the room?
1: I would say that I, I yes. The short answer would be yes. You know, I, I still yes that
0: you're entirely sanctified, <laughs> or yes that you can counsel more effectively on the other side of the room.
1: I believe that I am in a position that I can. I'm equipped to be able to to serve others and to minister to others and to, and to care for their souls. If you could
0: uh, have a couple of takeaways from your training, and our, our way our training is set up is threefold training: uh, it's theological, uh, it's psychological in the sense of studying sanctification, and then it's a practicum, is practical. And so we take theology; we try to uh, make sure we have a good foundation of theology. And then we want to have a good theoretical understanding of sanctification or psychology, the word concerning the soul. And then the third layer, the third aspect, is the application of theology in a person's life. And so as you've gone through this three-part training, what would be a couple of takeaways from that experience?
1: I think the main takeaway is that I would say that I really gained a, a A good understanding of of man, understanding the motives of 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 our hearts, Uh, it's a little depressing at times to see, but it kind of helped connect a lot of the dots for me. To kind of you know, scripture just does such a great job of describing the condition of man in today's society. You know, I had kind of a jumbled mixture of you know I took a psych 101 course in college so there was like some remnants of that and then there was the self esteem thoughts and stuff I had picked up from you know who knows where so I I really didn't have a really good clear understanding of man how long have you been a christian coming up on 25
0: years okay and so you're 53 right yeah so you were about 28
1: yeah 28 uh, to 30 range i think was one
0: and so those first two decades, uh, as far as uh, what, what was going on, you're growing in knowledge, you were, I would say growing in knowledge, learning about
1: God, you know, understanding, you know, his expectations, his laws, understanding about his character, his attributes. But I guess I was always kind of like, and looking for, okay, how does this affect me today? How does this affect in the everyday, in my everyday life? And then when I got exposed, I I think part of my training, uh, you know, for my career is always kind of like applying scientific principles to to solve solutions. So I think I was kind of like that kind of carried over into my Christianity. So I was always kind of searching to try to figure, okay, well, uh, there's a lot of this great truth. And I see God's design for marriage and family and and how we should treat our neighbor, and how we should worship Him, and but I really seemed to always stall when it came to application, understanding, you know, why people do the things that they do. You know, so those first 20 years of my, you know, 15 years of my Christianity I was really just kind of growing in understanding Him. There was a softening, more of a desire to serve others. I, I would say it's probably a, a decrease in my selfishness, um, although I still need a long way to to go in that area. But uh, I mean, at that time, counseling others was like the furthest thing from my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then when we went to the uh, Nank conference, you know, my wife and I have had some marriage issues throughout our marriage. Really rough start, which God kind of used to kind of bring us both to Christ, and we had kind of gotten past that. But I don't think we really kind of worked out a lot of the stuff. And then going through the night conference really kind of like grew us, kind of a lot, of, helped us resolve a lot of some stuff, and. It really kind of like I saw how, how putting God in the middle of the marriage, putting the gospel in the middle of the marriage, was really kind of the key for our marriage to work. And so that kind of like gave me a passion to help others. But I really felt after a while I could kind of figure out things for my own life, but hearing somebody else's story that was different than mine, it was really hard for me to kind of connect the dots. Mm-hmm. So my big takeaway was through the program, Really, kind of having an understanding of—I I call it like understanding of the soul. I think that's one one of the high, to me the two big highlights of your ministry is the understanding of the soul and understanding of the, you know, I call it the theology of suffering, how that kind of fits into a Christian's life. Because I just don't think that that's really even really talked about much. Um, so, seeing understanding man just has helped me relate to people. I use it, you know, every day when I am when I hear things on the news, like when I hear heard about the guy that shot up the people at the bar down in um, Orlando. You know, I've got an understanding of like what his, you know, how has sin impacted his life and what, how did that lead to his actions? And with my coworkers, I'm able to kind of come alongside them. I mean, I work in a secular environment, so I really can't do biblical counseling, but I can help them see themselves see that there is just this there, there's this fallenness inside us that really is the main problem and how we all have our comfort boxes I'm able to apply a lot of these types of stuff and just the day-to-day conversations which to me is just very rewarding and uh, just really enjoy
0: so having an insight into humanity at the uh, the, uh, the condition of, of people yeah you can't do biblical counseling in the sense that you can't use scripture I assume what you're saying, you can't open the Bible and and walk them through the Bible? I don't open the Bible,
1: but a lot of times, like, after a conversation, I'll, like, print out one of your articles and give it to them or send them the link type of a thing. And, you know, I kind of get a a feeling for them. You know, most of the folks up here in this region are raised Catholic, so there's, you know, some appreciation, some acknowledgement of of God. Religion,
0: yeah. Right. When you... The, the the theological training of the program was not necessarily new. It's we're essentially reformed, and you pretty that part you you didn't really struggle with. Correct. Yeah, I would say that
1: the the, the teaching I had received beforehand was kind of along those lines.
0: And then sanctification, the psychology study was not was that different, or was that things um, you were familiar with as well?
1: Familiar, you know, through the CCEF, you know courses coursework you know learn about the progressive sanctification and I had read some of Grudem's work before just out of you know trying to understand it so it wasn't um, that wasn't uh, uh, difficult for me to transition into
0: so the big piece was the practical part yeah yeah, if a person was asking you about this training that they wanted to take it, uh, what would you tell them? What would be uh, a benefit or two that you could tell them? What would be some cautions that you would offer them to consider?
1: I think the benefit is that it would, it, it makes you a better Christian. I think there's there's a big gap, and it's easy for us to kind of get in our mind's eye as far as what a Christian should be, and it's usually a little bit tainted in self-sufficiency and a little bit of self-righteousness that we just don't really recognize. Anyone that is interested in really kind of taking their faith and not necessarily testing yourself, but just examining what you believe making sure you have a good understanding breaking down where are you resting where where are you finding your identity what are your do you really understand your heart what are your heart's tendencies do you have a suspicion of your heart i think that's the big you know and and really kind of viewing everything in life kind of through a gospel lens you know that's the like what you've stress in your in your program, is so many people think of the gospel as just being uh, for your salvation. They don't really see it as part of your sanctification. And to me, that's been you know just a blessing to see that it does impact your sanctification, you know, as much as it does with with your salvation.
0: What would you caution them about?
1: I, get, I kind of touched on it earlier. I guess the the biggest kind of recognizing how messy lives are, the fallen world. Uh, I think at least I kind of grew up in kind of a sterile I was luckily grew up in an environment that was um, I was kind of sheltered from a lot of the evils in the world you know I was kind of blessed in that and so I kind of had like a naive viewpoint of uh, of man and the fallenness Um, and you know as I've grown and my you know seen the wanderings of my own heart and just seeing the you know Getting involved with the lives of others, just the amount of brokenness out there, and it 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 can weigh on my soul, just because it's just um, there's just a a, a a sadness when you um, see someone suffering and see someone in a in a difficult situation. But there's also, with that said, there's also a sweetness because I think some of the closest relationships that I've formed have been through people that are broken that they know that they're broken that they know that you know they're resting in the gospel they're not resting themselves and there's just a, a freedom to just kind of be yourself around these people and that's just a that's been a, a real uh, A real blessing a real pleasant surprise
0: yeah I think when you get naked in a sanctification sort of way with other people then there is nothing else to hide Uh, you can be more yourself and be real with each other Uh, what would be a something that you've learned about counseling maybe something you've thought about counseling prior to this training but then after getting a lot of reps in as you uh, counseled quite a bit over the past couple of years uh, what has changed as far as your view regarding counseling?
1: I think coming in, I was, you know, I kind of took, you know, my, my approach was that biblical counseling would solve the problem, that we would end up, you know, after a, a season of counseling, that everything would be reconciled and be able to kind of tie things up in a neat little bow and, you know, praise God and, you know, let send the, the couple or the individual off, you know, with everything, you know, resolved and working. But, you know, now through counseling and through just um, uh, through the program, God doesn't necessarily work that way. It's, he's, uh, one of my favorite quotes from you is that, you know, God's a bit more dangerous than we would care for him to be. You know, there's just the, the, and that kind of goes back to the theology of suffering that Mm -hmm. how God will, you know, leave us uh, many times with a thorn, like with Paul, in a place where you know there is suffering theres where there's not that relief where I'm not going to have that marriage that I've strived so uh, so hard working on uh, and, but uh, but how is God working in that, uh, how is God using that to, to, to grow me into the image of his son? And it's, it's tough, you know you know my own heart, to see that you know i am no um i am no better than anybody else that i have this uh, ontological problem that people that are failing in their marriage that are letting their spouses down um and it, it's it's it takes some real gentle delicate counsel sometimes to come along some somebody that's uh being, have an unloving spouse, and uh, kind of give them encouragement, and let them see past their marriage, and you know, see to you know, let them take a look at God's plan, uh, God's uh, God's big story, not just how we. Or so easily get lost in our own on our own story.
0: So counseling is not painting by numbers one two three four and we're done. It's a little messier than that. Yes. All right. So I want to drill down a little bit into some practical aspects of you and the program. I'm going to start with this question. What would you What would be a hindrance of a person who's trying to work through our training program?
1: I think you definitely need to have some. Depending on how busy you are in your life, you know, do you have time to 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 devote to it? Would be one uh, consideration. Second, I think you know you kind of have to check your motives. You know, what is the what are you really striving for to achieve? You know, I know a lot of people that want to get into ministry because they think that that's going that they because they think that they need to be involved with something. I, I think you just got to be you know you got to have a, a I think a servant's heart a desire to I've gotten, I mean, I've been my, my own biggest counselee during this whole process, so the, so it's not like I'm just doing it for others, but I think there's um, having a desire to, you know, because the gospel is, you know, is an others-focused type of, that's um, just the way it is. You I guess, have to check to see where where your focus is. The things that I think helped me get through the program, you know, the, the program involves thinking, meditating, praying, writing, reading. And, you know, since I had gone, since I've had that in the past and I still am active in writing stuff for my work, I think that definitely kind of came into, uh, was very helpful. I mean, I think that everybody, every Christian should probably grow in reading and, you know, journaling or, or writing because it's so beneficial from a sanctification process. But, there's a certain amount of organization that you have to have, uh, a routine that you need to kind of get into to kind of persevere through a program because it is, you cover a lot of material. I would say that it wasn't um, there wasn't anything that I would really cut out of it. Uh, I think all of it was beneficial, and it really it was really neat to see as I kind of went along, how the the, the dots started connecting for me and starting to see you know kind of a, a more complete picture as as. I, you know completed the different case studies or the reading assignments or working through the systematic theology book.
0: I am talking with Mark Grant. You're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast. This is Rick Thomas. Mark is a graduate of our two-year training program. He lives in New Jersey. He also counsels for us. If you are looking for counseling then I do highly recommend uh, Mark as your counselor. You can go to our, on our counseling page. If you hover over the find help Link in the navigation bar of our website, rickthomas.net. Uh, you will see our counseling page. You can click on it, and you can find Mark's picture, a little bit of information about him, and and the details that you need to know to meet with him. He can meet with anyone around the world. Uh, all you need is a telephone access. If you have internet, that's a, a plus. You can uh, he meets also via Skype. Uh, but if you'd like to meet with Mark, go to our counseling page, and you can check that check out that possibility. I do recommend Mark. Uh, He has been counseling for us for a couple of years now. And after people meet with Mark, um, they don't care to meet with me. And so they're quite satisfied uh, with him. Now, Mark is an engineer by uh, day. He's a part-time cook, part-time carpenter. And uh, he has one daughter, one wife, and they do live outside of Philly in a nice home in a suburb, which is where we're doing this podcast right now. Mark, uh, so you finished it a little under two years. Uh, How many, on average, uh, your uh, engineering job, how many hours do you work a week on average.
1: Fortunately, the job I have right now is really pretty during, much back a,
0: during the training.
1: Back during the training, pretty much a, it was a forty-hour a week job. All
0: right, so you had to uh, dovetail the training into uh, your schedule. So, walk me through what a week would look like for you. How did you do it? Did you work do the uh, coursework on Monday, Tuesday, Sunday afternoon? How did that work for you? Uh,
1: I guess the pattern I find, found myself that, that worked the best for me was like, during my lunch hour at work, during my lunchtime, I would, a lot of times that would be the time where I would be reading some of the articles and responding to those. Those were kind of like nice little uh, amount of time to, to kind of get that one done. During the evening, during the week is when I would um, probably be doing some of the reading of the books, uh, maybe work on the case studies. And then the the systematic theology questions; those were always the the, the the biggest challenge for me. I would kind of save those for for Saturdays. Usually, would uh, from Saturday from I don't know, roughly from like eight to three p.m. or something like that. I really try to kind of carve out uh, the time to, to work on
0: those. How many hours a week, on average, do you, do you think you put okay. to the program?
1: I would guess probably I'm gonna say. 10 to 15 ish i mean okay. it would wax and wane some some you know depending on what was going on in my life you know sometimes i wouldn't be able to get that amount in and sometimes you know during the winter months i think when you know wasn't much going on i was able to to, to spend more time are you
0: a disciplined person
1: i'll say quasi disciplined uh, my two uh housemates are probably more disciplined than i am with getting tasks done but
0: he's referring to his wife and his daughter uh, if you want to know what housemates mean but i think but no, wh- i'm sorry i i got i was thrown on the housemate thing what <laughs> what did you say what what do you say they say uh, i would say that they
1: are more uh, disciplined than i am
0: oh they're more disciplined so yeah. if uh, someone asked uh, as a question a few months ago on the website uh, they said, if you are given to procrastination, would you be able to do this program? How would you answer that question?
1: Um, I think that would be something that they would definitely have to work out. Because, you know, like the the systematic theology questions, you know, I would read the text and, and I would read the text and Grudem, and, uh, you know, that would all it would make sense to me. You know, I'd grasp the concepts, and but then... Uh, Turn and you know, asking the answering the questions that you would ask really kind of like I felt like I mean, there's a couple of them I thought that you had made a mistake, and these were obviously (laughs) the wrong questions for this chapter, but uh, it really kind of like forced me to kind of I think go beyond my self sufficiency and meditate and pray. And uh, you know, I don't know to me, I guess I had to describe it as it really kind of forced me to kind of, how do I lean on the Holy Spirit to, to guide me and to enlighten my mind? And it was really, I mean, it was a struggle sometimes, but it was really awesome. After a while, I mean, it, sometimes it would be, you know, a few days would go by, um, and all of a sudden the dots would start to connect and that was, you know, I was able to kind of see how, um, things were going. So it was, I mean, I, the, the key for me for the routine was just to kind of to, to continue to be steady, uh, look for opportunities where I had some downtime, you know, some free time to, to, um, to get the work done. Uh, and, you know, just pick away at it, you know, at nighttime going to, be, before, you know, before going to bed, would, I'd read the books, you know, like I said, saturday was the um systematic theology and then you know saturday evening was something i always wanted to do with the family because i knew that i was taking time away from them and it was i was fortunate i only have one daughter she was i guess probably 13 or so at the time so a little bit uh less uh you know required less maintenance than 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 a newborn
0: so uh, quite a few trips around the neighborhood as far as doing the homework thinking about oh yes yeah Yeah, mowing the lawn was was always you know in the summertime. So a key would be to uh, stack responsibilities or to integrate responsibilities. If you're mowing the yard, use that as time to study. If you're going to exercise, like walk around the block, use that for meditation. As you were talking about earlier. Yeah,
1: and and like on the case studies, you know, I had done a little bit of counseling, and I you know knew enough people in my life that I was able to kind of like you kind of use them to kind of think about you know to make the person a little bit more real than just a, you know, Sally on the paper that I really didn't, you know, didn't have a whole lot of information to, to, to start with. I kind of used real people in my life to kind of fill in some of the details.
0: So a procrastinator would have a hard time with the program. What about a discipline or a person that wasn't disciplined?
1: You'd have to grow in that area to get done. I think if you had the, um, you know, the, the, de- the desire, I think if the, if the, if the Lord was Urging you in that area to to seek to do this program, and you were serious about changing. Um, I think you could that you that you could that you could make a go at it.
0: Do you enjoy counseling? It depends. It's
1: it's when when I see when God show when the Holy Spirit shows up and God's working, and I you know I see the light bulbs going off, and I see folks praising God despite a difficult circumstances. I mean, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Those are, you know, p- probably some of the sweetest moments, you know, memories that I have. On the other hand, when there's a, a couple that is uh, really struggling and a lot of conflict, and they're just not getting anywhere, it it does tax my soul. I mean, my wife and I have been there. I know how um, what that's like. I know, you know, the 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 loneliness, the feeling of isolation not getting anywhere hopelessness so when my friend you know when my friends are suffering um, I suffer as well so so I guess that's how I would answer that question
0: let's wrap this up or uh, one final question uh, if you were to had an opportunity to talk to our dozen or so students uh, what would you want to leave them with what kind of encouragement advice tip that you would want to give our our, our student body.
1: I would say just to just to persevere. Um, I mean, there was times where I wondered, like, why Why am I getting into this? This doesn't seem to be working for me. Rick was always kind in his. Um,
0: I was, was going to ask you if you ever said any curse words in your heart when you got the reports <laughs> back from me. And I'll be honest, here. Yeah, no. it's just us in this room. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I. W- I mean, there was a couple times where I realized, like, man, how did I miss that type of a thing? Uh, but you know, I, I would just encourage, you know, just persevere. I, you know, I, to me, it's like one of the, um, prouder accomplishments that I've had. I mean, I went to, you know, I've got college degrees, but you know, those were kind of like, I don't know, kind of expected. And just, I just kind of like went along with, uh, you know, I did what I needed to, to get the job done, but you know, this program, it really kind of, um, you, you can't, Dial in, and you can't fake it through this program. Rick's too sharp of a counselor and has too much gifting to to let that happen. So it really kind of forces you to kind of really examine yourself and know yourself, and it stretches you. Uh, But uh, I think in the in the long run, I think you know it it was to me it was just like yes, I I was able to persevere through this, and um, it was just great to see how you know. God had given me opportunity to you know answer prayer for you know I desired a desire to mentor and uh, that's exactly what God blessed me with.
0: So you didn't curse in your heart.
1: I, I think I can say with a clear conscience I did not. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am talking with Mark Grant. You are listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast. Thanks so much, Mark. And you would testify that uh, your training is not over.
1: Absolutely. It's just kind of like. I would say the training basically gets you to a point where you're able to basically continue the training on your own.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I know I've said one last thing already, but so uh, you so did the did the two year program which you did in about eighteen months. But did that um, was that your devotional replacement? Is that part of how you manage your time? Is that you use the program as your God and I time and devotional time and Bible study time and and all of that. Yes. Okay, yeah, and I would recommend that as well because we don't have to be that rigid in that our devotions have to be a certain way, and so you can pull out a season of your life and let these be your devotional replacements. I think that's smart. Thank you so much for listening to the interview. Again, that was me interviewing Mark Grant, our first graduate of our Mastermind program. Mark went on to be a supervisor with our training. He is one of several supervisors, and so if you take our Mastermind program, you will uh, benefit from Mark's expertise as he will do part of your supervision. Again, if you want to grow in your discipleship training and you have more questions about it, uh, please go to our Learning Management System. It's our informational course. It's a free, all-online uh, LMS, and it just walks through the various aspects of this training program, and there is a lot of information there in audio, in video, in written format, and it will answer pretty much all of your questions, but if you uh, have more questions, just reach out to us and say, hey, I'm interested in your mastermind program. I want to grow in my skill set, and then just let us know what your questions are. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you all have a blessed day. Thanks for joining us. Learn more and get access to other resources at lifeovercoffee.com.